Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am so excited tonight as we have the bassist Mike Gorman coming on from the rock band The Outfit. So I want to do a brief introduction to my show, and then we're going to bring him on and do a really cool, in-depth interview tonight with him to promote the band and the new album that is currently out. So the outfit tonight is going to be one of the amazing bands I've had the honor of interviewing. My show I created was predominantly to help support and promote people in the entertainment industry. Some of the bands I've had on my show include Tremonti, Trivium, Sick Puffies, Lacey Sturham, Dead, And the list goes on. So please support these bands. All of my interviews are available to download as a podcast. And as I said, this forum is really to spread the word and get their names out there. We all know the industry, you know, has changed significantly over the years. So that's the purpose of this show. Another thing I'd like to include is that I really created an interesting interview. I'm going to take you on a really cool in-depth journey of this person's life and how they got involved in the industry, coupled with, of course, bringing in the band. Um, A little bit about my background. I have a background in psychology, so one of the things I enjoy enjoy doing is interviewing people, and my other passion is the entertainment industry. Um, So I wanted to kind of combine these and meld them together to create something unique and different. And although I mentioned I have a background in psychology, my show is purely an entertainment show, and I'm just doing an interview. We're not doing any therapy or any assessment. Um, Occasionally, we'll talk about some topics in a general educational format, but uh, that would be the extent of it. So if you're tuning in, create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. If you want to call in, the number is 805-243-1320. So let's do a nice introduction for the outfit, and then I'm going to bring Mike on. So these guys are really interesting when I was doing my, uh, my background and my research on them. They formed only two years ago, and I really like to call them a rock supergroup. These guys consist of seasoned veteran musicians that have been in the industry for a very long time, originating from both Chicago and Arizona. And although these guys have known each other and played with each other for many, many years, in this short period of time, these guys really have produced an amazing album that clearly brings back aggressive rock and roll and memorable catchy hooks. The music is definitely something you're not going to be able to get out of your mind. Tonight, we're going to, as I said, take you on a really cool interview about their journey. We're going to promote this new album and feature the hit single, Soldier Boy. And uh, that song is quickly climbing up the charts. Uh, Congratulations to them. It's currently number 27 on the Billboard Rock Radio Indicator chart. Lastly, thank you to Heather Nawara from Pavement Entertainment for setting up this interview. I've done a lot of interviews with uh, Pavement and their artists, and it's always a pleasure to bring them on and support them. So let's bring Mike on. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hi, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing very good. Good. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on and support the band. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. So this might be a little different. I want to kind of start out by kind of almost the beginning, talking a little bit about if you can reflect back on, you're from Chicago, correct? That's right. Okay. 
So, you know, just tell us something interesting. You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, when you were a little kid, what were some of your interests, some some of the things you enjoyed doing, maybe even before you got interested in music, such as, you know, if you played sports or, you know, some interesting hobby that maybe you had. And then we're going to, of course, delve into how you got involved in music. Well, when I was a kid, I did all, like, kid stuff, which was a while ago. And back then, (laughs) most most of the kid stuff was all outside even in the winter and also back then there were many large families where I grew up so there's a kid in every grade so there's just hundreds seemingly hundreds of kids running around all day in the neighborhood Okay. and um, so you just run around throw snowballs and go sketching in the winter and then in in the (laughs) summer everybody would just whatever kick the can or that those kind of games that's that's what we had and wow. then, um, and then my my other my big thing was swimming. My family was really into swimming, like competitive swimming, racing. And uh, oh wow, cool! We'd be, well, yeah, we'd be on these different leagues and just in the area, and that was always a lot of fun, and uh, something I still like to do. Not competitively, but I like being right. in the water. That's that's so. Did and you? So that's um, what we were doing. Right, really quick. Sorry, while you're ahead. talking about this, no, while you're talking about the swimming and the and the you know really being into that almost like you said competitively, was that something that you pursued further, like when you went into school, or no, it was just something you did kind of on the outside. Yeah, kind of on the outside. I um, up until high school age, then um, you know I was getting into other stuff, so I I stopped doing that. But um, it was fun though. Okay. Cool. Well, then, again, it sounds like, and, you know, reflecting back, as you're saying, don't say way back when, but I know what you're saying in terms of, (laughs) well, no, I mean, you know what I mean, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, people were, that's what kids did. You were outside, you were playing outside and enjoying the fresh air and getting a lot of activity, as you know, in this day and age, unfortunately, that's not what's happening. You know, a lot of kids are, you know, they're hooked to their phones and video games and, you know, I think I wish that's something that people could kind of bring back a little bit more. Well, yeah, you see, like in my area, you, you'll see kids like playing touch football or in the winter, you see kids out sledding and, um, you know, doing stuff like sort of like a family outing. There's a couple spots okay. around me. That, but, um, yeah, I mean, that that's that, that's kind of the picture that's painted that, that, you know, kids are all playing video games, but. You see them out and around. And, um, okay, that's good. Well, it sounds like where you're at, there's that's still kind of that vibe going on, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay. okay, cool. So, as you said, you're definitely into swimming. It sounds like a lot of outdoor activities. And so when did you, you know, as a little kid, too, kind of thinking back, you know, how old were you about when you started to get interested in music? What was your earliest memory you can think of? Like, were you watching a TV show with someone in the family playing music and that was what gravitated you towards it? Yeah, it was. It was, I was like, maybe like nine and all around, and I had older brothers and sisters who were, you know, 10, 11, 12 years older than me. And so when I was a little kid, they were teenagers and they were like blasting, um, like you know all the all the music of the day and it's just i it just amazed me and i always thought like on the radio that they the bands were actually in somewhere in a room playing live i didn't really know about records but <laughs> okay. 
and it just, right. and it just always amazed me how how they how do they make that sound? And it was all the kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, is that cool? And then um, then I asked um, my parents if I could take guitar lessons, which I did for about six weeks. And uh, they were like, <laughs> okay. okay, is it? And they they were like, is that something you think you'd, you'd stick to? And uh, boy, they had no clue. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I think so. So, uh, but that, yeah, it's like you'd hear this like cool rock music just blasting in the house all day. As soon as I right. got home from school. And so, um, what were some of the things that you were that they were listening to? You know, some of the artists well, or bands that stand out. Well, there's. I remember, like, uh, something I thought was just hysterical is like Chubby Checker, The Twist. And okay. um, uh, some other of the stuff, um, you know, uh, Dion and um, th- th- this kind of stuff, going back to the late '50s, early '60s, and okay. um, the stuff, the stuff that would get played on the radio, and it wasn't—they didn't play a lot of the really, really raunchy stuff, but it was um, that kind of like um, pre-Beatles American rock. Mhm. And it was um like I said it just it always amazed me like how do they do that? How do these guys make that sound? Okay, so you were curious like you said from the minute, you know, you heard your siblings playing this music on the radio. And if you don't mind me asking, was there anyone else in your family that was either, you know, in the entertainment industry or worked as a musician or just oh. even enjoyed playing? Well, I had one uncle. My mom played piano pretty well. It's not something she did often, but there was a piano in my house, and she'd sit down and play. Uh, she could play like kind of this, this boogie woogie stuff. And it, the, it, the older I got, the more I found out that my mom was was a pretty rowdy girl when she was young. <laughs> and, okay. But the, but it, you know, this the, it was a pretty straight-laced family and I did have one uncle John Clark who was like the coolest guy and he would sit down at the piano and just play phenomenal stuff and all like pop boogie woogie but stuff from like the 30s and 40s and it was just unbelievable how good he was and I asked him one time when I was a little kid I said how come you didn't become a musician and he said well I am a musician but I don't want to do it for a living because I want to have a family and he had like 10 kids and okay. so, but I just remember just watching him play and like, wow, because the whole, the whole instrument would just be singing and he'd be smiling away. And so that, that, I definitely remember that being, you know, you're however tall you are, like four and a half feet tall or whatever. I'm just looking at this guy like, right. oh my God. That's cool. Okay, great. So yeah. like you said, you definitely had a lot of inspiration from just hearing stuff on the radio to watching your uncle play. Um, right. If you don't mind me asking, what did your and then we're going to get into more of your music and how you got into it. You know, what did your parents do for a living? And yeah, tell us a little bit about that if you don't mind, and maybe what your siblings do. Oh, my um, my dad was an attorney, and he was a very oh, okay. hardworking, very successful attorney. He used to travel a lot, and um, he. Uh, so, but he was very in tune to what was happening, and he, you'd think like, oh, he was like this sort of dad guy that didn't really know what was going on, but he'd surprise you. He he knew everything was going on around the family, and okay. uh, 
He's actually he's actually a very cool guy. And um you know, my mom was a stay at home mom, which was kind of typical back then. And uh mm-hmm. then my my um my oldest brother was an insurance dude, he's retired. My oldest sister was uh, a nurse but ended up in the pharmaceutical um industry. Business. Okay. And uh and she's retired. And then uh my next oldest sister was a uh, a teacher and uh she I'm pretty sure she's pretty much retired. She might do some stuff, but um then then the next sister older than me is she's uh, an attorney, another kick ass attorney and she uh she's right here in Chicago. She's nice. still working. So you definitely have family that are, it sounds like, very well-rounded and diverse, and everyone's, you know, doing their thing. Yeah, they, they, uh, it's all we, um, we all uh, stay. We're not super close, but we do all stay in contact and see each other fairly regularly, and um, everybody gets That's along great. just really well, you know. Cool. Cool. All right. So let's going back to you now. So like you said, you're nine years old. You want to take some guitar lessons. Your parents are asking you, really gonna think you're gonna do something with this, and little do they know that you end up doing a lot with it. Um, yeah. So how did you did you play guitar for a while, or how did you eventually transition into bass? Tell us a little bit about you know again what you were doing when you were younger, getting into music, um, and then we'll start to get into more of your the bands that you've been in, etc. Well, I just yeah I. Um... I wanted to learn guitar, and uh, they, there was a local store that had guitar lessons. I did that really for like a couple months, and then um, I kind of kind of wanted to do it my own way. And then mm-hmm. some of my little buddies, and um, they had it was a very in thing to do back then. You, you, you had rock bands, and we were like little kids, and we would you know scrounge up little stuff and one of the older kids would lend you an amp and we were trying to like play songs and then it was like well somebody needs to, we need a bass player and I don't even know exactly what that was at the time I knew exactly what the job was but I was right. like hey I'll try it and then also one of our my little buddy's older sister was going out with this guy named Pete who was the bass player in the Continentals which was a big band in our area at the time Okay. And you know he's like 19, and he walks by, and he's he comes over, and he's got the big Fender bass, and I'm like, holy smoly! <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> right. So then, then I started watching bass players and figured out how what their job, what what it, how it fit, what it did for the music, and what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so it's kind of went from there. Okay. So like and you my said, dad, we kind of my, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, my dad was like, um, okay, he's like, do you think you'll enjoy this much? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. So he actually took me downtown and got me an electric bass. And um, he bought it for me. And uh, I still have it. And um, Wow. So the... So and I just started learning. I didn't really have lessons or anything, but you just would listen to what other guys were doing, mm-hmm. and then just kind of figure out how how that worked. 
so that's how that came about. Nice. What color is the, uh, what kind of base is it that your dad bought you and what color is it? I'm always curious about all the kind of, the details, so to speak. Well, the, uh, actually now that I think about it, the first one was called a Gibson EBO and it was uh, cherry red, very common in those days. And it had one big fat pickup. And then uh, after that, then I got, then I got what's called a Gibson EB3, also cherry red. And that one has two pickups on it, and that's the one I still own. I traded the first one, which I probably shouldn't have, but um, everybody's got one of those. I shouldn't have got rid of that one. But uh, <laughs> right. so it was a Gibson, it was a Gibson EB3, and you see, uh, you see clips of um, guys from that era and a little later playing them. You see guys like um, a clip of like the Kinks. And from that era, and he's the guy Pete is playing one. You see, uh, in like uh, the um, David Bowie Ziggy Stardust era, mm-hmm. that guy's playing one. You see clips of Free. You see that guy playing one. You see um, Jack Bruce from Cream. He was playing one. So it was kind of a go-to kind of popular bass right. at the time. Cool. Very cool. Okay, so you're getting into music. Now, how old are you about now when your dad gets you the bass and you're starting to dabble in, like you said, some bands with, you know, kids in the neighborhood and everyone wants to be in a rock band? Yeah. I was like, at that point, it was getting to be like, and I started taking my little lessons at around nine and then uh, about 10 or 11 is when we start like trying to actually get together with other guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had an older brother who's who's unfortunately passed away, but and he was a couple oh, years older than me, so his uh, well, it's the way it goes sometimes. But um, he uh, had his buddies, so I kind of snuck in with them, and uh, that's starting to get trying to get little bands together and play teen dances and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. I mean, you were really young when you started out. You know, most people you hear today, not that they're not young, but, you know, they get in their first band when they're in their late teens. You know what I mean? That's when they're kind of, they're in high school and they're starting to dabble and stuff. But, yeah, you definitely were starting at an early age. Yeah, well, there was a, these older kids around me, so I was, I'm sure that it kind of influenced me. I mean, a couple years older, but, like, if you're nine and these kids are 11 and 12, they seem older. You know, right, even so now, you know, so, uh, but so it was like, oh, oh, this must be cool. So you just kind of start right. getting into it. But, um, yeah, I guess looking back at it, it was pretty young, but, um, that, that's just how yeah. it went at, at that time. So were you, you know, you're getting into this, you're, you're really young. I mean, nine years old, you're like third grade, maybe fourth. Were you, um, someone who enjoyed school? Would you say you were like a student or nah, you just kind of wanted to, you know, get through school and then get home and jam and tell us a little bit about it's that. Pretty, it's a little more the latter. It was a little more like I wasn't, I more than once got notes from the teachers just that, you know, I'm not like applying myself properly. And not that okay. I was dumb or anything. It's just, uh, it, I just probably was not giving it the effort I should have. Okay. And I mean, it was pass, it was passable, but I'm sure I could have done better. But, um, it was more like I just want to get home and play my guitar. <laughs> it's really how sure, yeah, it's sure. more how it was. 
Okay. <laughs> so after let's let's no, that's hey, that's understandable. I mean, a lot of people are like that. Um, so we'll fast forward a little bit. So as you said, you're kind of in elementary school. You're really getting into music. Um, in high school, did you continue? Were you ever in like the band in high school? Did you play any music actually in school, or were you just doing it on the outside? I was just doing it on the outside. Okay. And, um, you know, then when you start getting into high school and you start, you know, everybody's getting a little better at it. And then you start meeting all these kids from the area that you didn't know. And, um, you know, that you start to see what these other guys are doing other than your little, mm-hmm. your little buddies from grade school. And it's like, whoa, because there's some, there's some guys who could really play. Right. And, right. Um, so, but no, I, I wasn't like in uh, any like the school bands. I had friends who did that. They would play in the marching band or the jazz band or the orchestra, and uh, they were all really good players. But that's mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to I just wanted to play rock music. So, sure. No, I wasn't. Okay. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't staying after school <laughs> if I didn't have to. Right. <laughs> you don't want to be there any longer than you had to. No, I get it. I get Kinda, it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how it was, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so after school, and then let's start to now get into, you know, some of really you getting involved in music. Did you decide to go on to any type of trade school, or did you go to college, or were you someone who was just, like, exclusively focused on music? I was pretty pretty exclusively focused on it. Uh, the um you know, I was fortunate in that in uh, in high school, I got in with guys who were upperclassmen, and then by the time when they got out of high school, I was still in high school. They were like, they wanted to form. Everybody was getting pretty good at it, and mm-hmm. they wanted to form like a full time band. So it was like the first full time band I was in. I was still in high school when we formed it, and. Um, <clears throat> That band actually stuck together for quite a while. And what um, was the name of that band? The name of that band was Pez Band. Oh, it was the and, okay, uh, I know I saw that Pez Band and also uh, Off Broadway were two of like some of the legendary you know bands that you're from. So yeah, so why don't you yeah, start the, bringing in talk about Pez Band a little bit? Well, we we um, in fact, uh, Demetrius Vitinas he he's one of those guys that saves everything. And he found these tapes that we did in like 72 and with the original lineup. And they were just like, it was the first stuff we ever did in a, in a real studio. And mm-hmm. there was actually, some of it's like, Oh God, you know, but some right, of it's actually right. pretty good. And, uh, cool. and then, um, then we, we went through different, members of the band because it started out as all guys from the neighborhood and then we started as you know as it, as it moved along we you know there's personnel changes and guys would come and go mm-hmm. but uh that's how that that's you know i was still in high school when we started that band and um then it just turned into like a full-time thing and i was kind of fortunate that if that's something I wanted to do, that it was just it was just there. It was just all I had to do was show up, and boom, it was there. It was it was it was pretty good right from the get go. So that was and pretty what fortunate. was um yeah, that's no, great. What stylistically 
you know, how would you, you know, compare it to in terms of, you know, if people are listening and they're not maybe familiar, you know, what type of sound did you guys have? What were some of the influences? Well, by the time we actually got a chance to make some, uh, you know, like official, you know, Mm -hmm. real records, you know, it was, it got gotten, it was still, it was, it was rock. I mean, it was like a lot of what a lot of guys were doing then. It's like they were very influenced by the Beatles, but they were also doing stuff that was like the Who, like really playing harder, uh, Mm -hmm. or Zeppelin. And some of our big influences also like the very early Fleetwood Mac stuff, and not the Stevie Nicks stuff, but the stuff from when they were in London. And also like Savoy Brown, and uh, some of those cool English bluesy bands, and but even when uh, in fact a, a a song came up the other day that Matt Nuara, the guitar player in the band, brought up mm-hmm. an Alex Harvey song, the Sensational Alex Harvey Band. When when those guys came out, no one could believe it because they were just they were really cool, and that uh, even that stuff was in, influenced it. So it was like hard rock, cool. but but the, everybody was so ingrained with Beatle music that it, it couldn't help but come out somewhere. So it was a little cool. combination so how, of all that stuff. Yeah, that sounds interesting. How long was that band together for? Well, I was originally, the original how one long were you was eight, yeah. uh, eight, eight years. Okay. And uh, th- then there's been other versions of it since then. But I was in the, uh, like sort of the original version of it for eight years. Wow. And um, so that that was, uh, you know, it, it, of course, the way time, the perception of time back then when you're that age, it's it seemed like a really, 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 really long time. But now you look back on <laughs> it, right. like, oh, eight years. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that was about eight years. Okay. And that's just what you did full time. You were just basically playing, touring full time with that band. Yeah, the, back then, the bands you could work if you were any good at all. You could work seven days a week if you wanted. The live venues were everywhere. Yeah. And, um, wow. And and people people were out. I mean, it could be one o'clock on a on a Thursday morning, one a.m. on a Thursday morning. The places would be packed. Right. And, wow, and it was like, that's cool. So they they and live entertainment was a big deal back then. So mm-hmm. they, in fact, it was it was encouraged to do things differently and try something new. People they they wanted that. And um, as one of the guys who hired us said, ah, I like you guys. He goes, you know, if you can't bowl good, bowl hard. And I like you guys. Right. That always stuck with me because he had this look on his face like. It was sort of a backhanded compliment, but but back then, man, mm-hmm. you could just play, you could play constantly, every night of the week, and and make decent money doing it. So especially for That's a young great. guy, yeah, so. yeah, and no, very different from today, right? I mean, I'm sure in terms oh, of yeah. what, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit because you know you guys are doing great with your new album and the song you have out right now. So okay, so you're in Pez. Band, you're in another band called Off Broadway. Is that, I guess, that's after Pez Band? Yeah, that was um, that was uh, a guy 
a couple guys who had been in Pez Band split off and started off Broadway. And then uh, the one guy who played bass, John, who was we've been friends since we were kids. We're still friends. He mm-hmm. uh, quit that band, I w- and I went and joined them. And um, that first version only lasted a couple years. But then there were subsequent versions of the band that went out and played regionally all through the 90s and through the, the 2000s. And, okay. um But, um, yeah, I, I did the initial thing, I went, in fact, I was in both bands at once for like three or four weeks. And, uh, wow. Fin- finishing up with one thing and then starting a new one. And um, at that time, um, yeah, that, that only lasted a couple of years. Okay. Okay. So let's now fast forward a little bit, unless it was back then too. Um, let's start talking a little bit about how you met Matt and Mark, who are the brothers, as we know, uh, Nawara and also Andy. So, you know, try to kind of talk a little bit about who did you meet first? You know, tell us a story behind, you know, how you met one of these members and how you guys got to know each other and develop, you know, this rapport and relationship where you guys have worked together in the past and now you're going to be doing this new project. Well, Mark uh, Nuara, who is, he is Pavement Entertainment. Right, and, um, exactly. Well, he, has a, he, has, he, has a, he has a team, but um, he's, it's, it's his company. And he, mm-hmm. um, he, we put a deal together with him in the 90s to put a couple discs out of, uh, for Off-Broadway. And, okay. um, and so we met him then. And also at that time through Mark, I met Matt and, um, and a lot of time went by, we, we, I mean, we, we still stayed in touch and everything, but, uh, then, uh, a while back, um, Mark called me and, He's like, yeah, me and Matt are want to go in the studio. Do you want to come and play bass on this stuff? And I'm like, sure. It was like right near my house. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, then uh, and it's, it, they're playing this like heavy duty stuff. I'm like, oh, you guys, this is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, and they're like, yeah, well, this is what we want to do. I said, I love this stuff. So we did like one recording. I was like, oh, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> and what, um, and I'm so, just curious to know real quick, um, Mike, what song was that? The first song, was that Wire? I think that's the first one. I think that's the first one we recorded. I think. Okay. Now that I, I'm trying to remember, I'm pretty sure though. And it was, um, of course, when I was recording, it was just, there was just a drum part and mm-hmm. a guitar or a couple guitar parts. And there's no vocals on it or anything, so um, I'm kind of scratching in the dark a little bit. But you could tell, I could tell right away. It's like, because <laughs> it's also heavy duty, and and uh, I've always wanted to play music like that. It's just like balls to the wall, so to speak. Yeah. I say. And, yeah. Sure. And I was just, <laughs> I'm just like smiling away, like oh, and they're just looking at me like, yeah, what do you, what, what do you want from me? You know. <laughs> so it was hysterical. And it took Aww. a while to get it done, but it, but it was you know it it came out. I thought the recording came out really well. Okay. So and then while you're right, you guys are getting involved. It's the three of you guys. You're from Chicago, and then I guess it was, if I'm correct, it was Mark that had known Andy from I guess from Arizona. I guess Mark had lived out there at some point. Yeah, he he had lived out there, and also he had uh, Andy had had a. 
I know for sure one of his bands uh, mm-hmm. was called Nine Volt was was on Pavement Entertainment for a while. Okay. And so they okay. had they had stayed in touch, and um, and <clears throat> the way things are done now, it, it's incredible that uh, mm-hmm. the recording process. And we did this for logistical reasons. You know, we would get the basic tracks done here, and then ship them down to Andy, yeah. who's in the Fe- who's in the Phoenix area, and he would put all his vocals on, and then ship it back to us. Right. And uh, I had. The record was done before I even ever met Andy, and uh, it wow. was the most bizarre, <laughs> the most bizarre record I ever made. Because you know, but, it, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. But like you said, Mike. No, but like you said, I mean, that's what's kind of cool about this day and age, right? You would never think of that. I mean, you know, old school is you guys are all in the room together, you're in the studio, you're recording, and now you have right. all this extra bonus of, like you said, being able to kind of ship stuff back and forth. So. On the one hand, to you, it's probably like really kind of strange, but on the other hand, it's probably like, wow, we probably got it done a lot quicker than if the poor guy had to fly out here or something, right? Yeah, and he he can take his time, and he'd send his stuff back. He did a phenomenal job, and he'd send mm-hmm. his stuff back, and I'm like, I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was hearing, <laughs> and and then right. and then, then that's when it would really take shape. Now it has the vocals on it, and uh, and then and then the stuff gets shipped off. A guy named Ehrlich Wild, who works out of Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. he mixes and produces all these heavy-duty bands. And somehow Mark got him roped in, and he would do these mixes, and it's just you're like, oh my god, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And we're and and it's he did a really really nice job. And uh, he did. So so over a period of time, boom, it came together. I was very happy with the results. Yeah, now it sounds great. While we're talking about, it, let's do this. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Soldier Boy because I want to fit that in tonight. And then, of course, we'll come back. We'll talk more about the album and uh, what's to come for you guys in terms of shows. How it's you know number twenty-seven right now on the uh, Billboard charts, which is great. So yeah, tell us a little bit about. I know that um, I think I read that Andy had thought maybe Lucky One or Liar might be the potential for a single, but um, it looks like Soldier Boy. Um, came out as the first single. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you chose that song to push that one off first, and then we'll check it out. Well, the uh, the um, you know the the recordings were were done, and uh, everybody was combing through the stuff, and um, Mark and Matt uh, kind of were like, you know, I really think we should start with this one, and everybody really likes this this other song that they're going to start working this other record the title is wire but mm-hmm. um they like well let's this one i think represents the overall sound of the band really well let's go with this and the decision was made it's like okay let's go and then they got this really wild video if anybody wants to go check it out on youtube it's the video it's just really wild yeah and it's um, good no it's great yeah and so they so that's how that came about it was just like well we have to make a decision and um, that really came mostly from the brothers. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, man, let's go. Everybody agreed. Let's go. You know? Yeah. And I think, so you know, Mark, out. like you said, Mark kind of being pavement and being in the industry, as long as he's been in it, I'm sure he has sometimes a, you know, an ear, so to speak of what he thinks might be the first one to push off. Um, of course, taking into consideration all of the feedback from, you know, you guys in the band. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it's not like um, it's not like a, a a dictator or anything, but yeah, he he no right. He's uh very he's very he's very attuned to how all this stuff works, and he just that was his suggestion, and it was pretty much everybody went with it because you know their decision had to be made, and it was like okay, let's go, and and uh, I thought it was a really good decision. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it definitely, like you said, I think it definitely captures the album. I think there's so many great songs. When we come back, I'll, I'll highlight a couple of my personal favorites. But um, also, let's do this real quick, too. Tell us a little bit about, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory with what Soldier Boy is about. But, you know, in your own words, Mike, or even the band, you know, in conjunction, you know, how would you describe Soldier Boy um, and the concept of the song? Well, it's a, first, it's like just straight away what I refer to as hard rock and mm-hmm. uh, straightaway rock and roll. And what the guy is singing about, he's kind of taken on a few different levels, but it's really kind of personal. It's from uh, what it's like right at the tip of the spear. And it is, mm-hmm. uh, it's no one's ever been, it's a shame that this type of stuff has to happen, but it has happened all through mankind. And there are guys who are fighters, and that's what they do. And they are the guys right, right there. And I couldn't imagine it, but uh, it's kind of from his point of view. It's not the happiest of songs, but it's it's you know it's it's a tough thing. It's, and, uh, right. That's what it. It's kind of like from that guy's point of view. So. Right, from um, the person like you that's, said that's, out there. That is the, the I guess yeah. as you describe it too in your you know, the blurb that you guys have for the song, it's, it's the foot soldier, you know, it's the person that's out there and right. 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 And it's, uh, like I mentioned, it's in some books and stuff, they'll call it the tip of the spear and that's it. You are the tip. And it's like, Whoa. And, uh, so it's, it's tough and it's not that, like I said, it's not the happiest thing, but it's, that's how I view it from that perspective. So. Okay. All right, let's do this. I'll put you on hold, Mike. We'll check out the song. And then when we come back, we'll talk more about the album and uh, what's in store for you guys in the future. Okay? Okay, very good. All right, hold on. All right, everyone. Again, you're listening to the bassist, Mike Gorman, from the rock band The Outfit. We're going to check out their hit single right now, Soldier Boy. As I mentioned, it is currently number 27 on the Billboard rock indicator chart so it is slowly and quickly actually i don't want to say slowly it's actually quickly climbing up because it was uh, i think it was back in the upper 30s you know a few weeks ago so yeah check it out these guys have a great album out right now it's a self-titled album you can download it on all the digital sites and as mike mentioned there is a video um on youtube and it's actually on vivo too so here we go check out soldier boy and we'll be back in a moment
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, Soldier Boy by The Outfit. Awesome song. Check it out. Download their album. It is out right now. It's a full-length album, and there's so many great tracks on it, so you're really going to enjoy it. That is just the tip of the iceberg, uh, Soldier Boy. So let's bring Mike back on. All right, Mike, great, great, great song. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's a great track. And I wanted to know, I saw something, but it didn't mention where. Was that also um, played in a stadium for a couple of NFL teams? Well, and if so, which teams? That, that, well, there was a guy who's uh, taking that around. And we haven't actually gotten the actual results back that uh, they were going to play it. One team was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they okay. had uh, one playoff during their playoff run, which ended early. But at their home game, it was to be played. And then there was one other team that I saw on the list, one other stadium. Now, if that actually happened or not, you know, I don't know if that actually okay. for sure happened. But okay. that would be it'd be it'd be great during a football game. <laughs> it's that kind of music for sure. Oh, definitely. But um, so. What was the potential uh, second I'm, team? Uh, you know you what? Don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. I just I saw that and I thought that was really interesting. I love, you know, I get, I'm not a huge football fan, but I've been getting my brother's a fan of a certain team, so he's trying to get me into it. So I do I do watch it a little bit more now, and I always like listening to just you know the music that comes in and out when they're doing whatever they're doing. So yeah, that's great. Right. It's a yeah, perfect it's, song. It's, uh, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, that hopefully they get some more of them. And uh, it's, you know, the, the, those big events, you got all those people in there. And uh, it's kind of a, a, a kind of a jacked up atmosphere. And, oh, definitely. Uh, so it's it's a good spot. I mean, if to like get your music heard and people are already in a kind of a jacked up mood. So that that's, it's a good thing. Um, we'll see how that goes. I, you know, like I said, I don't know exactly when, okay. if that's happened for sure, or if it happened, maybe next season, or some other sport. But we shall see. Okay. Well, while we're on the topic of the music, I wanted to just note some of my personal favorites. I love Wire. It's a great track. Lucky One is awesome. Uh, TKO. Um, Unfolds, yeah. and I also really like No Lights On too. So those are some of my personal favorites off of the uh, the album. Yeah, yeah. Wire, uh, they're going to uh, work that as another single. Um, we just shot a video for it here in Chicago last week. Oh, cool! And uh, there's a group of guys working on that. And um, exactly when they're going to start working it, I don't know exactly, but uh, that's all been put together now. And then uh, okay. Yeah, I, I I have personal favorites off of it too. I, I uh, one song I really like to play and it, count, it sounds really nice live is um, Miracle, and uh, it's okay. just got this cool kind of swing to it, and it's like mm-hmm. not as quite as rocky as some of the other stuff, but it, it has a really nice feel. I really like that one. Yeah, that's a nice song too, definitely. So, real quick, why we? Because I definitely want to introduce the other other members. As we know, we have uh, Matt on guitar and Mark on drums, and then Andy on vocals. 
and pull into right. a little bit, you know, something interesting about each one of them. What does, I mean, does Andy do music full time or does he have another career or job on the side? You know, bring in some stuff with each of them, like Matt, Andy, we know Mark is, is pavement. And I want to ask a couple of questions about pavement, but um, what about the two other guys? Well, uh, Andy, I know he has a couple different things he does in his area, the Phoenix area. And um, I don't know exactly how he garners his money, but he seems to have money. <laughs> and so I don't want, I, I don't ask. And, okay. and, the, same, and the same goes for Mark. Uh, I mean, a uh, Matt. Matt. And um, I know he's, he's busy. He's some kind of boss because he can get away anytime he wants, but I don't know okay. exactly what it is he does. And then okay. of course there's Matt. Okay. There's Matt right. who I mean Mark, I mean. Mark. Who Mark. and I refer to I refer to him as Mr. Pavement. And uh okay, he, Mr. Pavement. <laughs> they, they are they just and he just works that he's tireless. And he just wow. he works that constantly. I mean when just he, it's um, never ending. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'll have to talk with uh Heather. I've got to interview him sometime just you know, we could promote the album, but also I wanna just I'd love to hear about pavement. When did he start pavement? Was it in the early nineties? Uh I believe so. I mean he may have had a version of that before even. I don't know. But okay. I that's when I came in contact with him was like the right. early mid nineties. And okay. um And so real he, quick, what about um, going... Mark's Mark's background is did he go to school for like entertainment or, you know, marketing music industry? Does he, or is this something he just did on his own? Well, I know that they, Matt and um, Mark, and they, there was a third brother named Mitch who um, they had bands when they were, you know, in the eighties right. and nineties and they had bands. And I don't know if Mark had any formal schooling uh, in Okay. In the entertainment business, right. I don't, I don't, in fact, I don't think so. I don't know, maybe, but um, I think he just kind of like waded into the business and kind of figure out how mm -hmm. how it works, and um, he pays attention to all the changes and where we're at now as an industry. But um, <clears throat> he, uh, excuse me, he, um, I, I'm pretty sure he just kind of waded into it and figured it out for himself. That's sure. how it strikes me. Which a lot of yeah, which a lot of people do, and if you got that knack and you're able to, you know what I mean? I mean, do an amazing job with that, which he has done. I mean, it's yeah, pavement's a great label, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's incredible how they uh, they 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 work. There's a there's a, a team involved, and uh, they work really hard, and it's it's not easy what they're doing, but they do it well. Yeah, and it it definitely shows. It it shows that they really care about the artists, and I've I've said that before with other pavement artists that I've had on my show. Just from you know, just me personally, just working, you know, with the different PR people. I mean, they're very attentive. You know what I mean? They're very professional, and I think that says a lot. I think that's a huge piece of the puzzle. You know what I mean? I don't think you need to always. Be oh yeah. With like, you know, people think you have to go to Universal or some huge label. No, no, you don't. You know. I'd be more inclined to go with a label that's going to be supportive and, and back you, you know, not somewhere where you're going to kind right. of get lost in the shuffle. Um, so right. yeah. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, they, um, 
They just stay on top of it, on top of it, on top of it every day. And it, that's how they get it done. Yeah. And uh, yep. so I got to hand it to them, man. It's like not easy, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. No, great job to pavement. Um, so how long, how many songs did you guys choose from for this album? Did you have like, you know, a bunch to choose from or were you kind of just pretty, you know, honed in on a, on a set list of songs that you well, guys knew you wanted to put on it? We were getting down to, uh, you know, six, seven, eight songs, and they pretty much do one or two at a time. It's kind of start to finish, and mm-hmm. um, and then and it was getting down to now it's like seven, eight songs, and um, then they wanted to do a cover tune, and uh, the brothers brought that idea up, and it worked out nicely, an old cheap trick song, and. Um, then uh, it was kind of decided that uh, you know that this this is going to be it. This is this is enough now. We're we're gonna this is what we're gonna start with. We're gonna put this out. So we got to the uh, we got to the nine songs, and that was it. We didn't have any extra at the time. So okay, and hey, no, that's great. We yeah, do it's a, it's we, a we do solid album. We do yeah, we do now, but we, not at the time. So. It was just decided, okay. okay, this is it. We're gonna, this is what we're gonna put out. So that's how that went. Okay, great. And I always like to ask a few questions about. So, how'd you guys come up with the name of the band? What's the like? What's the meaning or symbolism behind the outfit? Well, uh, the uh, once again, that was the brothers. I, I, uh, I, we bandied about a couple different names, and um, then. Uh, one day, uh, Mark came up. He said, "What do you think of this?" And he had that, and he had the little logo with the crosshairs and everything. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Whatever it is, I like it." So that's that's what it was. And uh, <laughs> at the uh, so it just was like I don't know exactly if it was Mark's idea. It could have been I don't know or Matt's. I'm not sure. But okay. and then it's got the Chicago the Chicago thing. It's like when I tell people to tube or on one of the social media. I'm always telling tell them that it's it's outfit rocks or outfit music band or something like that because if you just put in the outfit you end up with Al Capone, and uh, okay. so <laughs> you know, but so it's got that kind of Chicago thing because that's how they used to refer to the uh, the syndicate like the criminal syndicates they were they call them the outfit or the mob that's okay. how it was referred to here in chicago oh okay so it kind of right, so it, it part it part it comes partially from that and then plus it look, i think it looks cool in print it's you know short and sweet yeah. and tough kind of tough yeah, looking it does it's very catchy and i you know i really like the album um like you said i mean that's probably i'm assuming that's the city of Chicago, and I like the colors they used. I think it has this like kind of vintage quality to it. It, it just is a little old school. Um, Yo, so, definitely. Yeah, really. Yeah, I really liked how that came out. Yeah, me too. Yep. They did a really nice job. Really who did nice. the um, artwork for the? Do you know who did the artwork for the album cover? Well, I know the graphics were uh, Heather Noir. And um, oh, okay. Boy, I hope I got that because there's there's two daughters. I'm I think I. So they're gonna kill me if I got oh, that wrong. But the other. <laughs> um, there's Heather and, and then, then uh, yeah, the other daughter too, right? Brittany, yeah, and um, and then they uh, how that photo was selected, I'm not sure, 
I know Mark sent it along to me, and he's thinking I'm thinking of using this as sort of a backdrop for the artwork. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, at first, I'm like, is that Cleveland? He goes, no, it's Manhattan, but it's like Manhattan from like the 40s, I think. So, oh, I like, okay. Really okay. I think that's what it is, and it, it's it, and it it it's got kind of a cool patina to it, look and and uh, and it came together really nicely, and it's. It's simple, but it's but it's really cool. I think. Yeah. It looks really good. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. So let's see what else with you guys. You guys got some shows coming up, right? Is the first one going to be on the fourteenth of April? I saw. Right, that's in our area, and it's um, a venue called Rock House, and it's H A U S Rock House. It's like a little mm-hmm. theater. It's actually a very neat venue. It's in West Dundee, Illinois. Yeah, and that's April 14th. It's about, I don't know what the capacity is, maybe about 500. So it's not a big, huge place. Okay. And we're, work, and we're working now to uh, get some shows, like maybe if we can, get some opening slots for some other bands that are touring. and uh, And it's... It, it takes a little bit to get get stuff rolling, so sure, sure. Uh, so we've been in the meantime we've been rehearsing just to get it to sound, you know, sound good. <laughs> so uh, it's coming together nicely. It's sounding really good. That's great. That's great. So when you guys rehearse, have you been able to have some rehearsals with Andy? Yeah, he comes up and. Okay. Uh, we we cram in a bunch of hours, and um, nice. we just we have our set thing. Although we just we realized that we needed to give a little more time, because um, we can blow through the whole the, all the songs on a record in like forty six minutes or something like that. And that's that's not quite. They're not the the folks aren't getting their money's worth. So we added uh, a couple songs, and. Um, uh, so, so we we just keep blasting through it and fine tuning it and making sure that everything is as best as we can get it. You know, the vo- a lot of the vocal parts take take some doing because there's there's some really actually some fairly intricate stuff on the record mm-hmm. that we need to that we need to uh, some of the stuff. You know, it's it just takes a little bit of work to to get that sounded right because other than Andy it's not like Matt and I also sing but it's not like we're okay. monster killer singers so we have to and plus we're trying to play <laughs> right. guitar so we we have to pick parts that we know we can hit <laughs> right but uh but it's coming together it's cool. coming together very nicely yeah no I mean it's very exciting you guys have you know had a lot happen in a very short period of time so I mean you should be very yeah. proud of that yeah yeah, yeah, it's Definitely. exciting. It's, it's a really, 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 really having a good time with it. That's great, and it sounds like you guys just all get along really well too. It sounds like you know, just as a group, it sounds like you guys are very open-minded. You collaborate, you gel well together. So that's again, that's a huge piece of the puzzle to make a successful band. Oh yeah, and everybody, everybody understands exactly where it's at, and it's a great, it's a really, really good group of guys, and uh, everybody, cool. everybody understands what what's what it takes and what needs to be done. And so there's, it's like, there's no screwing around and there's no, 
anybody acting stupid. It's uh, everybody's just right. <laughs> on, really on top of it, <laughs> and, and, and we're all great. having a really good time with it. That's great. So that works. It works out nicely. Cool. All right, Mike. So yeah, why don't you plug? Um, and I know some of the. The, the links too in terms of why don't you plug some of the social media sites where people can find you at and of course where people can purchase the album and we'll start to you know wrap things up okay well it's um the website is the outfit rocks and then um there's also of course facebook and uh it's on instagram and it's usually mm-hmm. this is outfit music band or outfit chicago and um, there's a couple other ones out there that I'm not on, so I I don't want to talk out of turn if it's not if I don't want to get it wrong. But uh, Twitter, I know there's a Twitter account. And then um, as far as the record, I mean, it's most readily available on, um, and you can download it if you want from iTunes and a couple of other of those purveyors, or stream it from Spotify or a couple of other streamers. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to the website, you can order the hard copy from us. I know it's in some stores. I know there's a, a chain in, uh, I can't believe there's still a music store chain in the Phoenix area. <laughs> called, I think it's called Zia's or Zaz. And I okay. know they're carrying it. There's a, there's a couple stores in our area, Rolling Stone Record on Irving Park Road, if you're in the Chicago area. But um, they're mainly concentrated on all the digital stuff. But the hard copy, you and you could go to the website and order it, and it would get shipped out to you right away if if you wanted a hard copy. Cool. All right. Yeah, well, great interview, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on. And you guys are always welcome back when you have some uh, new music coming out in the future. All right? So I'm always here to support you guys and promote it. Well, well thank you so much. And um, this is uh, great talking with you. And, yeah, if we could contact you when we have um, – we're going to start working this new song. We definitely want you to know about it. So, yeah, if that's cool with you, we'll definitely let you know. Yeah. Yeah, what we could do, too, is I've done this with a couple of bands. I kind of branched out because sometimes people, as you know, they have singles coming out, their album's not ready. So I have done some interviews where I call it the story behind the song, and we basically, Uh like, break down the song from, you know, from the beginning to the end in terms of, you know, talking about some cool stuff about how the song got going, the development of it, where you were when you were writing it. So, yeah, we could always do something like, you know, with the wire, with wire. All right. Okay. Well, that'd, that'd be excellent. All right. Cool. Well, I wish you, uh, I wish you Mike and the band so much success with the new album and uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much, Mike. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, again, Mike Gorman from The Outfit. If uh, for some reason you tuned in late to the interview, it will be available as a podcast to download, and all of my interviews are available on the Blog Talk Radio site, as well as you can also go to iTunes. I have all of my interviews up there, too. So, yeah, please, as I said in the beginning of the show, uh, support all the artists and the entertainers I have on. Every interview I do is going to be unique and different, going to take you on an interesting journey. So if you are on social media, follow me at Carrie Edelman. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Carrie Edelman. I'm also on Facebook. I have two personal pages. So find one of the pages that isn't maxed and you can befriend me. As well as if you'd like, you can also 
uh, follow me on the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook, and I will always have upcoming um, links for my interviews. So thank you so much for the support, everyone. Again, um, looking at almost, I guess, gosh, I'm, I think I'm approaching like 240 interviews. So, yeah, please get them out there, and let's support all these artists and keep spreading the word and promoting what they're doing. Thank you so much again, and have a great night.